Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talk to Fame podcast. I'm your host, Swiss. We got Ty and Boy with us tonight. Welcome to another show. This is episode six, I believe. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us there. We also live stream every Saturday night at 8.30 Mountain, 9.30 Central Time. And guess what? We upload new podcast episodes every Wednesday now. So you get twice the fun, twice the pleasure with the boys starting from here on pleasure. out. Let's get it. How we doing, boys? We didn't do a show last week. Um, we all took a little bit of vacation. If you follow our oh. Instagram, uh, Ty was with his family up in Vail. I was with my wife and friends up in uh, Badlands, South Dakota. And Boyce was just holding down the fort in the good old CEO of Denver. Uh, how we doing? How was the vacation? How was the little reset we all had? How we, how we feeling today? Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Um, we had a great trip up in Vail. It's always good to have that family time. Um, but it's amazing when you don't talk for a week, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the sports world. So I know we got a lot of good content to cover on this podcast. Um, and it's also unique tonight because we got each of the boys in a different state. I'm in Portland, Jake's in Iowa. And once again, our buddy Boyce remains in the 303, baby. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, you guys you guys took vacations. I cleaned the house. That was what I did, and I played Star Wars Battlefront. That's That was my weekend. You guys had a much more um, fun weekend, I guess. I, I chilled, hey, but you guys at least went on vacation, so... It was fun. I mean, sweating, sweating in South Dakota was not fun at the time, but it was it was fun. You know what I mean? So, um, I did a little bit of hiking, a little bit of swimming, a little bit of surviving some thunder and rainstorms coming through in the middle of the night, waking my ass up. It was pretty pretty fun, bro. So I enjoyed it. It was good to see some of the friends um, that still live in Colorado and meet up with them. The wife and I, we do an annual camping trip with, you know, the air quote, her friends. So got to keep the tradition going. I think next year we're going to go up to Minnesota and do like a little canoeing trip up in either Voyager or uh, another uh, camping outfitter out there. So it should be pretty fun. I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be a good time. But like Ty said, a lot of shit is broken, broken off, happened, whatever. A lot of Brinks trucks have been backed up since uh, our last time on the airwaves. And I think one of them was Justin Herbert of the L.A. Chargers signing a five-year extension for $262 million. Uh, that's insane. I think that's a little, little insane. What do you guys – what's your takeaway from that, time? Yeah, you got to pay him. Uh, my initial thought was I'm happy for Justin Herbert. Um, my second thought was, holy shit, that is a lot of money. Um, you know, when you think about the Chargers, you know, they've been very lucky. They had Phillip Rivers for all those years, and now they got Justin Herbert. So to go from back-to-back potential franchise quarterbacks, uh, good for them. But the thing that Justin Herbert hasn't done yet is he hasn't won, and he hasn't won in the playoffs. Uh, so he's got a strong arm. He's got a lot of upside, but they just paid a lot of money to a guy that hasn't got him into really too many big-time football games. So we'll see if he pay, he plays as well as his contract's paying him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I know why the Chargers did it. Uh, the longer you wait, the more – he's just going to get more expensive as the years go on. So sign him now, 
technically a cheaper deal now than three years from now. So, um, yeah, it's just what a time to be a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, so he's Herbert's 25. The contract extension is a five-year contract extension that will keep him in L.A. through at least 2029. The deal includes a no-trade clause, $133.7 million in fully guarantees, and $193.7 million in injury guarantees. So it sounds like he's pretty well off, and he is now the highest average annual paid player this year in the NFL. Um, it was Lamar when he got broken off earlier this offseason. Um, and right before that, it was Jalen Hurts who just got broken off earlier this offseason. So a lot of cheddar being thrown out to the quarterbacks, not the running backs this year. Boys, uh, you think that's a good move by L.A. for Herbert? I mean, yeah, they have to lock up that guy for a long time. But I agree with Ty. I mean, like he hasn't won any big games. I mean, he's got a massive arm. I mean, everyone's seen that video. It was like, what, fourth and 16. And he's like running to his right and just throws it, what, 60 yards on a dot. Like he's got insane talent, but he hasn't won anything. Um, But what this does do, it sets up Joe Burrow to be – an astronomical contract. You know, he's going to be the highest play NFL player ever uh, when his contract extension comes due because at least Joe Burrow has won in the playoffs and gotten his team to championships, you know. So, but speaking of Joe Burrow with his now potential calf injury, so we'll see how that all sorts out over there in Cincinnati. Yep, it was earlier last week, I believe. So we have training camp. Boom, full effect, baby. Oh, yeah. We're rolling. We're ready to go. We're inching closer and closer to football season, and the world will breathe a sigh of relief when it's opening kickoff on Thursday, and it's the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs that open up the 2023 NFL season. It's going to be electric. We all can't wait for it. Um, But like you said, yeah, yeah. you saw it on Twitter. Joe Burrow was like running out to the left and pulled up and started limping um, and had to be carted off the field. And uh, Coach Zach Taylor just came out or didn't just come out, but came out and said, oh, it's just a calf strain. He'll be good. And that a lot of people were calling the Cincinnati Bengals, offering up their ACL or whatever ligament calf, he needs yeah. if he needs it. So uh, I think that's pretty awesome by the, the Bengals faithful, if you will even though they're all bandwagons because they just became Bengal fans. Um, But, yeah, this is the time of the year for injuries, man. Uh, One for you guys, the Denver Bronco fans. You know, it happened last year. Tim Patrick tore his Achilles. He's out again in another, you know, training camp injury. He's out for the rest of this year. How do you think that, guys, affects – the Denver Broncos depth at wide receiver because I believe KJ Hamler is getting waived because he has a heart condition. Um, so how do you guys think that's going to affect your Denver Broncos boys? You can lead off. Uh, I mean, thank God they drafted uh, Marvin Hims. You know, they have yeah. that young rookie stud. Um, hopefully he can develop. Um, I haven't seen much or heard much about him in training camp, but um, hopefully he can develop into you know, that next kind of next guy up role. Um, there's a couple of receivers. I, I was looking at the depth chart earlier. There's a couple of receivers that have like Marquez Callaway, who has had some decent games with the Saints back in the day. Um, so there, there's a there's a couple. I think they still have Kendall Hinton on the uh, roster too. Oh, you so mean your quarterback? They, what? Your backup oh, quarterback? 
No, no. Is that was that the backup quarterback? Yeah, that was your quarterback for the Broncos. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. He was like third string. He was the emergency. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. He was the emergency backup quarterback. Yeah. Yep. So there's still some depth, but Tim Patrick's a huge loss. And, you know, really feel for that guy because he was coming back from that ACL tear. And then, boom, you know, I saw the video of him going down and it it immediately didn't look good. So um, really feel for that guy. And, you know, hopefully he can rehab and come back strong from that injury. But we'll see, you know, blown ACL on one leg and a torn Achilles on the other leg. So that's, that's tough. That's real tough. Yeah. And I think the Denver Broncos uh, signed a wide receiver as a replacement today, since you guys have kind of lost two uh, pass catchers on Monday, you signed Nick Williams. Woo. No idea who that is. So Ty, what's your opinion on it? How's the Broncos wide receiver depth looking? It's frustrating, man, because we've never, ever since we spent all this money on Russell Wilson, we haven't had the band together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've never – Tim Patrick's a big piece of that. To the people that don't live in Colorado don't realize the difference make that Tim Patrick makes to the team. Um, there's not a lot of big-body wide receivers in the league, and Tim Patrick's is one of those guys – Russell Wilson can throw it up, and Tim Patrick's going to make a play. But does Denver um, need two of those guys? Because that's what Cortland Sutton is, right? Yeah, but Cortland Sutton, you know, I think he's going to be st- taking a little page out of the old Michael Thomas book back in mm-hmm. New Orleans now that they got Sean Payton. Um, and I think uh, Tim Patrick would have played a great second, third role there, uh, man-to-man, one-on-one on the outside to take some of the pressure off Cortland. Uh, the problem now is you really got two wide receivers. Uh, you got Jerry Judy and you got Cortland Sutton. Uh, we read this book last year. It's the same wide receiving core we had exactly last year. So to Boyce's point, we got Marquez Callaway. Um, Maybe he can find the fountain of youth again here in Denver. Uh, He had great success under Sean Payton in New Orleans. So maybe uh, the same offense can can bring fireworks to Denver. But, you know, I was devastated when I heard it, man. First and foremost, because he sets a big player for the Broncos. But secondly, for the player, I mean, he's just coming off of an ACL tear where he missed all of last year. And now he's got his Achilles that's torn. So you don't know if he's going to be the same type of player moving forward. Uh, It's a tough injury to come back from. Um, So, you know, I'm hoping the Broncos can go out there and make a splash. There's still some wide receivers out there that are technically free agents. Um, You know, Jarvis Landry. You know, maybe we can convince the New Orleans Saints to release Michael Thomas. And we can lure him over here to the Denver Broncos. Uh, but we need some more depth, and we need depth bad because there's no way this guy from Oklahoma, Mims, is going to come in and light it up like uh, Tim Patrick would have. And you know, and, and Mims is more of a slot receiver. So, I mean, would that work out though? You know, you have Cortland and Judy on the outside. Judy brings the speed. You've seen some flashes from him. Uh, I'm not completely sold on Jerry Judy just because you can have a sick Instagram workout video doesn't mean you're a great wide receiver. But, uh, I mean, he, I think, Jude, for me, Judy needs to be more consistent and bring it game in and game out. Uh, yeah, but does. once I work with Mims in the middle, you have that fast guy, quick guy, you know, cutting across. He only weighs like 182 pounds. So, you know, bring him through and break one off that way on the inside. Well, it all depends, right? We had KJ Hamler. We drafted him, and that guy was a bust. He'd just been injured every year, and now we released him because of his heart condition, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, Jake. So, you know, we've, we've been looking for that Tyreek Hill, if you will. Uh, everybody wants that fast slot guy that can, you know, take the top off the defense. Uh, if Mims can come in and do that, it frees up Sutton and Judy big time. Um, but it all comes down to the quarterback. 
Um, as we know, offense wins championships. So Russell Wilson needs to come out there and perform. I don't care which wide receivers we have. If you're an all-time great quarterback, you get the ball to your playmakers. I don't care who it is, right? So Russell Wilson, I don't care who lines up in replacement of Tim Patrick. Get the ball to your playmakers and drive the ball down the field and put six on the scoreboard instead of these three and outs, bud. No more excuses. So didn't uh, – correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't – so this is what Tim Patrick's second consecutive year of being injured and being out for a season. Before his first injury that took him out, didn't he just get broken off on a contract extension? Yeah, yep. he did. Do you think the Broncos kind of regret that because he hasn't played? I know it's kind of new management. It was like the end of Vic Fangio, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, and now Sean Payton. You know, new ownership group and all I mean, that. You can't, you can't foresee that happening. You can't like predict injuries. You can't like, you you pay for that talent and that player as he is. And unfortunately, he just got injured back to back years. You know, like it just you can't predict it. So you have to pay your guys what they're worth, and that's what he was worth. And he probably would still be worth that if he didn't blow his Achilles out at practice on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm happy that they paid him there, Jake, because, you know, like at the time when he was playing well, like he was a big part of our offense. Yeah. You know, and what sucks is I don't know if we'll ever see the full potential of what this offense can be because he's that big of a game changer, in my opinion, to what we do. Yep. So uh, I got a list of uh, wide receivers currently on the Denver Broncos roster. Um, we got Michael Bandy, Marquez Calloway. Taylor Grimms, KJ Hamler, not here. Uh, Kendall Hinton, Lil Jordan Humphrey, who also came over from, I believe, like Baltimore and uh, and or New Orleans. Jerry Judy, Brandon Johnson, Marvin Mims Jr., Cortland Sutton, Jalen Virgil, Montrell Washington. There's your your wide receivers. So I think it's pretty much Marvin Mims Jr., the rookie out of Oklahoma. Uh, I think it's his spot to lose, honestly. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens. This is always the, the crappy time of the year because it's injury season. This is where you start seeing people get hurt, um, which is not fun. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, then just since we're talking about the Broncos, Javante Williams, all the way back from his ACL tear. He's reported yeah. to practice, apparently looking good. Uh, have you heard anything about him? And uh, what are your expectations on Javante Williams this year? Do you expect him to just jump back in and do what he was doing and be the angry runner from Kyle Brandt uh, on NFL Good Morning Football? Uh, what do you think, Ty? Yeah, I think Javante Williams last year was supposed to be his breakout year. Like people really started recognizing, okay, this guy is an absolute stud, Dan, downhill running back. It takes multiple people to bring him out. And unfortunately, he tore his ACL. So now he's back. He's rebad his head off. He looks strong. He looks fast. Um, I think if Javante has a full season, he is a 2,000 rushing yard type of a back. Oh, you he he really is. That one. He, he's, he's that good of a running back. And in Sean Payton's offense, it's going to free him off a little bit more. So I think Javante Williams, if his knee is healthy, he's going to be a three-down back for the Broncos. He can do it. He can catch. He can pass. He can run. He can pass block. He does everything you want as a franchise running back. 
we just need that knee to hold up. So I'm hoping maybe the first couple weeks in the regular season, we're going to find out who, you know, really should be our running back too. Um, is it going to be that preen guy from the Bengals, you know, to help take some of the load off of him a little bit early on. But once he gets that strength back in that leg, Jake and Boyce, I think Javante Williams has a chance to be comeback player of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I see it. What do you think, boys? I'd agree with that. Yeah, the videos I've seen, he he looks good. Uh, I saw something, I think, earlier on the good old X. It's no longer Twitter, on X. Um, that he said he feels like he's he's 100%. Um, he was supposed to, I, I think I saw that a reporter had said that he uh, – was gonna t- he was supposed to take tomorrow off, but uh, he's gonna go in and get more conditioning in. So he's just he's ready to go, man. Like he he's ready to to help the team. I mean, you think about it. Like we never had a solidified uh, running back position last year. You know, you had Melvin Gordon, you had uh, was it Latavius Murray last year too, and a couple other guys. And so we never we never had like a solid running game and one guy that could just be the three down back like Ty was talking about. And he looks ready to go, man. I'm pretty excited for it. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So like just a few names, you know, Joe Burrow, we kind of touched on that for a little bit, uh, goes out with a calf strain. Um, Broncos wide receiver, Tim Patrick, another new newly acquired defensive piece for the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Ramsey goes oh, yeah. out with a knee injury and it's reported that he's going to be out for like six to eight weeks. Um, yep, Chiefs wide receiver Kadarius Tony has a knee issue. Lions defensive back CJ Gardner Johnson just brought over from the Eagles. Colts backup running back Zach Moss hurt his arm. Um, He's talking and, about the Colts situation and Jonathan Taylor speaking of running backs. Yep, and uh, that's where I was going to go with it. Um, and you know, and it was, and, <laughs> sorry, sorry to steal your thunder. And John, you know, Jonathan Taylor has a air quotes back injury, and then he's come out with it, and he's like, "I've never talked to anybody. Y'all need to check your sources." Um, we'll get into Jonathan Taylor here in a in a second. You know, staying on running backs, Seahawks running back br- rookie breakout last year, Kenneth Walker the third has a groin injury. Uh, like Saints guard Trey Turner is hurt. Like so, there's been some pretty noticeable injuries going down. Um, and that's just the time of the year it is, unfortunately. So hopefully everything's not too serious for a majority of the players and they can get back. Uh, I'm a big fan of every team playing, you know, at full strength and having good football. But, you know, injuries are a part of the game. So that is what it is. Jonathan Taylor, what's the deal with him, dude? Is he getting traded? What What's what's happening with that? He ain't going to get traded. I, there's no way Jim Mercy and the Indianapolis Colts trade one of the best running backs in the NFL, right? Do you see that happening at all? I I do, man. I think uh, when you have a player that just came out of the meeting with ownership, and the first thing they say is, I want to trade, no one was in that meeting except for him. So something was said that obviously pissed him off. I could totally see Jonathan Taylor leaving somewhere else. I mean, look what's happening in the running back market. No one's getting paid. So maybe he saw the writing on the way the wall, how Jim Ursay valued the running back position. Um, I was thinking about it, dude. Think about like a big time running back for the Colts. The last one probably was Edron James, right? He well, never. Uh, Joseph Adahi. 
um, after Edge, who was good there for a little bit. But yeah, yeah. But, but but not like a Jonathan Taylor, right? Not like like a lead top back. So I don't know, man. I could see Jonathan basically sitting out here. But what's funny is they're playing a game here. The Colts are saying, oh, he's got a back injury, and it's a non-football injury, so we're not going to pay you. And then Jonathan Taylor comes out and sends a tweet. He goes, never reported a back injury. I'm good to go. So it's this cat-and-mouse game. You know, it could be that Jonathan Taylor is just playing the game till he gets paid, till he gets some type of a contract. Like, I'm not putting myself at risk. Pay me or ship me out. It's very possible because I know Ursay came out after the news came out that Jonathan Taylor wanted to be traded or that he requested a trade. He's like, there's no, there's no shot in the world where if I die, he's not on the Colts or something like that. And it's like, okay, what? Put down the Adderall, Jim. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's sober up a little bit there, pal. I don't know. I don't think you trade Taylor. Uh, there's a couple different ways this can go, and like, because I think right now Jonathan Taylor's on the pup list or one of the injury lists, to where they can hold Taylor uh, on the NFL list or whatever it is and keep him on there. It's like the football injury list or something like that. Yeah, and they can keep it on there, and they can pretty much push this contract a year back, and if they do that, it would make Jonathan Taylor a restricted free agent in 2024, so they would still have rights to him instead of being unrestricted, and so they would be able to, you know – match an offer like a match sheet in the nba um so it'll be interesting to see how this jonathan taylor situation kind of plays out i think it'd be wild if he got traded uh just because i'm not a big believer in zach moss as a rb1 in the league and it all depends on how you know rookie quarterback anthony richardson plays for him and or backup quarterback gardner Minshew the second plays for the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that'll be a good one to kind of keep an eye on. It makes me happy as a Titans fan if the Colts are in turmoil. So that uh that that makes me happy. So but yeah I was I was just gonna say that you know I hate what team and the Broncos have done this so maybe that's why I hate it so much. There's nothing worse than NFL football to be a five hundred team. There's nothing. Like literally there's nothing worse because you get a middle of the round pick. You're slightly good. You're slightly shitty, but you're never going to be great. And you're in this limbo. The Broncos have always done that. I think the Colts are in that window now where it's like, Hey, we got a, uh, a top five pick in Anthony Richardson's. We got a world star back in Jonathan Taylor. It's like, if I'm an owner and I'm Jim or say, I'm saying, Hey, I'm going through a complete rebuild or I'm going all in. Yep. Like that's just what you have to do. So if they ship Jonathan Taylor out, I think the optics inside the Colts locker room is, hey, we're going to build around Anthony Richardson. We're going to suck for a couple years, but we're going to build this thing from the ground up and be great three, four years from now. And I think you would have to be, uh, you have to be fairly aggressive with it. So I know the Colts GM Chris Ballard isn't aggressive in spending money in free agency or making huge, you know, trades in the year. Or anything like that. He's a pretty conservative dude. Um, if you watch the Pat McAfee show when his interviews with them, you can see that in their conversations. You know, they're like, "Meh, we're just gonna st- kind of stay pat." But yeah, like if you're gonna burn it down and rebuild, 
you got to do it now. You know what I mean? Like, would that include trading Jonathan Taylor? Would you get rid of Quentin Nelson, even though he's a staple of that offensive line? He's the best offensive lineman or offensive guard in the league, arguably, outside of Zach Martin in Dallas. You know, but like, what else do they have? Would you get rid of Shaq Leonard? Michael Pittman Jr. isn't really going to draw that much attention because, I, in my opinion, he's been kind of lackluster. Um, he gets receptions, but he doesn't have any of those like highlight tape plays or put away games where it's the Michael Pittman Jr. show. So you would have to go all in now, and I think that window might be a little too late since we're in training camp you know, already this year. Either be a seller by week eight or try to make some bold moves. I mean, you let Stephon Gilmore walk. He's now in a different uniform again uh, and all that. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out in Indianapolis. Uh, I think Anthony Richardson will be a good rookie quarterback. I think he has all the talent in the world. He's kind of the new breed of quarterbacks the, that are coming in. You know, he's mobile. He has a strong arm. He can scramble. He can throw the deep ball. He can do it in between. I think you just need to get the right coaching staff and have the uh, consistency in that coaching staff for years to come. You can't just give up after a year. You know what I mean? So that's how hey, I feel about Indy, at least. You got to develop them. And um, if I was an owner of an NFL team, and I think every fan base would want to hear this, and I don't know why people don't do it, just come out and flat out tell your fans, guys, we are in a complete rebuild. We're in a complete rebuild. We know we're going to suck, but please stick with us. Stick with us because guess what? There's going to be light at the end of the tunnel, and we're here to compete for championships. If we stick on the path we're at right now, we're just going to just be an okay football team. I don't want to be okay. I want to be great, right? And if you're a fan base of the Colts or any team that's kind of hovering around this 500 range, I think you absolutely love it because at least you have a clear direction of where the team's going. Right, you know, going into the season, okay, great, we've got a bunch of young players. We're going to see who sinks, who swims. That's it. And then next year, get some more young players and start building this thing up. Um, I don't know why owners don't do that. I think it's because they want to, you know, have the optics that they're just winning. And you're right, all the money that comes involved with NFL sports. But at the end of the day, the goal is to win NFL championships. Yep. And if you feel like you're paying players that are just going to be here for three years and not going to be here once your championship windows opens, ship them off, get some value for them, get the assets you need to build a winning team. So if Jonathan Taylor's part of that, if Michael Pittman's part of that, ship them off, get them out of there, get a couple first round picks, get some players, get some pieces because, um, I think it all curls back to what we discussed, you know, a couple shows ago is it all starts on the offensive line, build them up front and then build the playmakers around the big ugly. So I don't know. I, I think um, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I also want to win. I want to win now running back careers are short. So maybe Ursay did say that he said, you know what, listen, we're going to suck. Anthony Richardson is a guy who played at Florida. He was not a great quarterback. They didn't win much there. If it wasn't for his unbelievable, you know, uh, combine and his pro day, that, that guy's not even in the first round, you know? And so maybe Ursay saying, hey, we got a guy that's probably still two years out, Jonathan. 
we're, we're building around him and his style of offense doesn't need a Jonathan Taylor. Has anybody ever thought maybe Jonathan Taylor was really great because of the quarterbacks he played with? Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan. These are all old pocket passing quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson's going to be on the outside running. So maybe Jonathan uh, Taylor sees like, hey, my role in this offense in the future isn't going to be what it, you know, it is in the past. I need to go to an offense like a Titans. I need to go to an offense like, you know, someone that's got a, a bruiser of a running back. Um, yeah, offense and you know, offense like the Titans. Yeah. I mean, hypothetical speaking, where do you, if he does, I know Jim Mercer said he's not trading him, but if he does get traded, where do you think he goes or who do you think is like needing a Jonathan Taylor in their backfield? The fanboy in me, I, it would be like, hey, let's just trade Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs straight up. Bloop, done. Um, but I personally, I love Josh Jacobs. I don't want him to be in a different uniform. Well, Kansas City, I, I, maybe that'd be interesting with hell him. No. Isaiah, but that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper. The AFC West and the AFC is no, we don't want you. We have too much talent over here. I want to ship these guys <laughs> to the NFC if possible. But if I had it, if I, if there was a perfect fit, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. I'd like to see him either in Miami with Tua. I'd also love to see Bill Belichick get his hands on him in New England. I know I it's the AFC. I wouldn't mind Buffalo either if you're, if you're staying in the AFC because Buffalo needs another star power. They Buffalo have Diggs would be and good. Allen. Buffalo would be good. Yeah, that's it. I really wanted Saquon to, if he were to leave the Giants, um, you know, previous to his one-year extension that he signed, I wanted Saquon to go to Buffalo because they need offensive power, man. You saw it in the in the postseason last year. They have digs, and that's it. Yeah, Dawson Knox is nice, but he's not going to seal the game away. Gabe Davis isn't that, you know, you, you don't got to respect him uh, as a DB. You can just throw a safety over the top and maybe a coverage linebacker, someone that's athletic to cover cover the mid. You know, you like they need a true number two wide receiver up in Buffalo. Or a back that can do it all that you got to respect. I think that would be pretty good. Where, where do you think? Where would you think, boys? You he, he should. He, you would well, like to see him go. I saw. I saw something about like the Chiefs being interested, but that's why I brought it up because I was like, you know, yeah, I know. I agree, Ty. I agree. <laughs> that um, wouldn't be fucking fair, bro. That would be so so not fair. But, to put Jordan but Taylor by Mahomes. But. If the Jets don't get Dalvin Cook, I think an Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, and then a midseason trade for Devontae might be pretty interesting. Devontae ain't going anywhere, dude. He I don't ain't know. Nowhere. I, I there's, don't know. There's but two. But yeah, I just, I, I just think that the Jets would be a good fit too. Ty. Are you yeah, Ty. I was gonna Ty. say Ty. there's there's two thoughts to this. Uh, There's two thoughts to this. If you're Jonathan Taylor and you really want to get the bag, I think you should go to these two teams, Arizona Cardinals or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Reason being, both of them are kind of rebuilding. Both of them don't really have, you know, they they got money that they can spend. They just shipped off D-Hop in uh, Arizona. 
They just got rid of Tom Brady. They got a bunch of just basic quarterbacks like Baker down there in Tampa. They didn't get rid of Tom Brady. Tom Brady got rid of them. Let's make that clear. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But I could I could see Jonathan Taylor heading one of those teams too. Just a guy that's going to get 30-plus carries a game, and on those teams, they're going to feed him the rock. Yeah, but would you want to would you want to leave one losing situation for another one? I think as a running back, all you care about is getting paid. That's it. You're right there to now, make money. I yes. agree with you 100. percent If you're, you early, get money. Well, I believe what Jonathan yeah. Taylor's 24 years old, like he's in his prime. Like this is his time right now. So get that bag. Miami would make sense, like you said earlier as well. Um, maybe maybe the Chargers. You know, Eckler's older. Uh, Arizona would be interesting. I don't know how well he would work with Kyler, but that'd be kind of an interesting dynamic him uh k1 kyler murray jonathan taylor and james connor down in the desert that'd be an interesting look uh down there so i'm uh, i'll be curious to see i don't think he goes anywhere um you know maybe he just plays out his contract you know we talked about this on the last episode you know maybe running back start just Air quotes, oh, my hamstring really hurts, and, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot of issues. Um, so that, I'll be curious to see how that's going to go. Um, so I, I've been having something on my chest lately, and I, I kind of want to get it off. It's the Dallas Cowboys. I, don't, I, I like to just flip the page here a little bit and talk about the Cowboys and how horrendous <laughs> of a franchise they are. We, I saw this video today of Dak Prescott. Okay, Dak Prescott just got paid a boatload of money a couple years ago. Yep. And what did what did Jerry Jones want? He wanted to bring a championship. Now, what the Cowboys are, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here because I cannot stand this team. <laughs> People say it's the American team. I'm telling you, it is not. It's the farthest thing from America's team. And here's why: they don't win Super Bowls. They don't win playoff games. If you had to guess the biggest choke artist in NFL playoff history, the games that come to mind are when Tony Romo and Dak Prescott are behind center. So here's the other thing, okay? I was thinking about this today. The Dallas Cowboys this year, they just paid a guy, Trayvon Diggs. What was it, $70 million? $97 million. $97 million. Yeah, a five-year, $97 million extension. He is a bum. He's a bum. He is – I mean, the Cowboys pay all the players that just – I don't even – what is Jerry Jones doing? Can we just talk about Jerry Jones for a second? Like if he was the owner of your team, the Raiders and the Broncos and the Titans, I don't know if I'd be an NFL fan. That guy is the worst NFL owner ever, man. He makes the worst decisions. I think his son's part of the front office now, too. And between the two of them, like, what are they doing? They're not putting a winning team on the field by any stretch of the imagination. They get rid of Zeke. They grab Fat Mike from the Green Bay Packers. Mike McCarthy is who he's referencing there, their head coach. Yeah, and he's a bum. He is a bum. If it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers' one-hit wonder year, Mike McCarthy doesn't have a job in the NFL. I don't know. When I saw that video day of Dak Prescott, guys wide open, he throws a pick. 
Like, it makes me think Dak Prescott this year could throw for 15 interceptions. Dude, and that's Jerry- funny that you say that because he came out and he was like, he's not going to throw 10 picks this whole year. Less oh. than Dude, if I had stupid money, like I'm talking stupid money, and I had a and I had to just bet the house, I would bet everything I own that Dak Prescott throws over 10 and a half interceptions. I respect that. I respect that. We can uh, once once all the preseason games are over, we can get into some future picks without voice, of course, which will I'm excited for, man. I cannot wait for football season to be here. Oh, I'm so hyped about it. Less than 40 days as of this yeah. day you're hearing this podcast, as we're recording this, less than 40 days. And this Thursday, uh, the 3rd, we have the Hall of Fame game against uh, what the Browns against the New York Jets. Of course, it's all just second string, third string, rookies, you know, undrafted yeah. guys. Zach, Zach Wilson versus Kellen Mund. It's going to be – Barn burner. It's going to be amazing. I mean, hey, you might see a starter. Last year, Josh Jacobs played in the Hall of Fame game, damn near the whole game. Thanks, Josh McDaniels. You know, and then he got he bro he killed it RB one last year. So we got a football game this goddamn Thursday, and I am hyped about it. It's going to be awesome. I will be tuned in to watch it. I got to make sure I get my NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube TV. Still, um, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait boys it's going to be absolutely electric i am excited for this year you know the hall of fame game to me it's kind of like um i don't know when december 1st rolls around christmas is right around the corner i get excited it's starting to snow people putting their lights up on the house it's a pleasant time of the year knowing that hey it's gonna christmas is moments away the hall of fame game gives me the exact same type of feeling it's like hey you literally are turning the calendar to football I don't watch the game very much. Honestly, it's really cool for the players that are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame to be a part of that. Um, so, listen, I'm just happy that NFL football is back. And, you know, the first game is Thursday night. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I'm just – I can't wait to just be able to talk football again. Hear those pads hit. Tune in because uh, I think I speak for the three of us. Football is life, baby. Football is oh, yeah. life. What is it? Danny in, uh, in Ted Lasso says, football is life. I love it. Uh, even though different kind of football. Love Ted, La- Ted Lasso. Great great show. But, yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of tradition in the NFL. You know what I mean? Uh, it's what makes the league great because there's so much of it. Uh, the fans embrace that tradition. You can see it like with Bills Mafia, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles fans. Any fan base of any team has that tradition built deep into it. So what do you guys think of like the eight throwback uniforms being brought back this year? You got like the Philadelphia Kelly Green uniforms. You got the Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titan uniforms coming back. You have the Orangecicle uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms coming back. There's so many alternate jerseys this year that are coming back that are the retro. Do you guys like that? Do you think that's a good look for the NFL? Because I am fucking hyped about it because I love the orange creamsicle jerseys from Tampa Bay. I love the Houston Oilers, Tennessee Titans jerseys. I love the Philly Green, uh, Kelly Green, Philly jerseys. 
I think they're all awesome. And then, you know, you have some of the newer retro or just newer era alternate jerseys, like with the all white Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos, um, the I can't remember what the Indianapolis Colts one called theirs, where they're, they're all black helmet. I'm hyped on the new uniforms, boys. What do you guys think? What one's your favorite retro that's coming out? I know Boyce is already, but boys, what's your favorite jersey that's coming out or coming back? Well, yeah, I'm biased. I'm biased. I'm biased, but I do like that the Titans powder blue. I mean, powder blue just looks so good in the uniform. Or it's, and sorry, it's the Columbia blue. It's not powder blue. It's Columbia blue. But obviously, that's uh, that's my favorite. But I do, I'm excited to see the the, the creamsicles from Tampa Bay to come back and the the Philly ones. I, those just bring back so much nostalgia from from the hard hitting days you know well the tampa bay bucks were 0 16 their first year they wore those so maybe not so great memories for them but you know i've seen those old highlights and seeing like ron jarowski in those kelly greens you know like it's it's cool for that the nfl to be bringing that stuff back and the teams to be bringing that back i'm digging the the broncos i know you're not a big fan of it jake but the broncos snow-capped helmet is pretty legit i, I just think, think it's, pretty it's cool. lackluster um, man I, I don't know. It's clean. It's clean and it's sleek, man. Like it's, 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 I don't know. The, a lot of teams are doing the white, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals did the white helmet. Um, who else did the white helmet recently? The Browns have white this year as well. Do they? The, but yeah. I just think white looks so clean, especially with they're doing that alternate, like orange crush uniforms. It's not the retro uniforms, but it's their color rush uniforms. Like they're pretty sweet. I do love the fact that like Tennessee's wearing their two, they're, they're only allowed like two games to be worn or whatever. And the second game is against the Houston Texans in, I think it's in Houston now, or it might be in Tennessee, but it's against the Houston Texans. And I think that's hilarious because all the Houston Texan fans are up in arms about it being a Houston Oilers jersey. And it's like they don't know the franchise history. So a little bit of yep, Titans think, and Texans I, Twitter. Yep. I, yeah, exactly. I think uh, we both saw it on Twitter. I think it was a, a Colorado local. Um, Media guy Vic Lombardi, who was at the Denver Nuggets championship parade, mentioned uh, the Houston Oilers. Shout out, shout out, uh, Vic. Yep, shout out, Vic. Um, Mentioned the Houston Oilers jerseys belonging to the Houston Texans, and they should be pissed. It's like, no, it is the Tennessee Titans because they relocated from Houston to Tennessee, and that's their history. Just because Houston yeah. was an expansion team in Houston where the football used to be played doesn't mean it's their jerseys. So anyone that thinks the Houston Oilers jerseys that are the Tennessee Titans belong to the Houston Texans, get bent. You don't know football. You don't know tradition. Carry on. Keep it moving. How you doing? Shout out Pat McAfee. Ty, what's your favorite jersey that's being released? Uh, there's a couple good ones. You know, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I've never been a huge Jersey guy. Mm-hmm. You could put these guys and, uh, you know, tuxedo t-shirts. All I care about is what, what happens between the lines, but I do like the Eagles. I like the jets. Um, both of those oh, yeah. green yeah. and whites, um, are really smooth and slick. Um, I think those are clean. I just, um, you know, <clears throat> anytime they do these new jerseys, it's just a money grab for their merch shop. But, uh, you know, it'll look good on the field. I'm just hoping week five when we play the Jets at home, the Denver Broncos, those those uniforms are a little bit dirty because we're running up the scorecard. And why is that? Why why did you specifically mention week five on the New York <laughs> Jets-Denver Broncos game? Is that because of a 
little uh, social media uh, NFL reporting squander between a former coach and a current head coach for those teams? Yeah, you know, we live in a world now where, you know, you cannot say the correct thing. You just can't you, you can't be politically correct. When I'm going to Sean- cancel you, Ty. That's over the line. I'm, you're canceled. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. So mute, mute, mute him. You're, mute you're me. Not, but what I'm done. telling you right now is we all heard what Sean Payton said. Yep. Sean Payton came out of the mic and basically said it was the worst coaching job that the NFL potentially has ever been a part of from the stories that he's heard. This is a guy who's a Super Bowl winning champion who, who knows exactly how to build a successful team. He's coming out and publicly saying that to Nathaniel Hackett, the coaching staff that he brought in. And, you know, listen, Aaron Rodgers, I heard you on your interview. You basically said, keep my coaches out of your mouth. Listen, Nathaniel Hackett was a complete hack job last year. You're right. He could be a great dad. He can be a great family man. He could be one of your favorite coaches in your, your luxurious NFL career. However, what he did in Denver was a joke. We couldn't even get a play call in to get the ball snapped. And so this year as a Broncos fan, if we can get the play call in, we've upgraded. And that's not saying a lot. (laughs) So I think Nathaniel Hackett, great. Congratulations, Aaron. You found a buddy. Nathaniel Hackett's the guy in the locker room. He's the player coach. Everybody loves him. We're not going to have you work on Thanksgiving. We're going to give you a couple extra days off. Listen, at the end of the day, if you're winning, you can do that. But when you suck, you can't do that. And when Nathaniel Hackett did here in Broncos, he created a losing culture. And honestly, I can't agree with Sean Payton more. The New York Jets have won the offseason. Let's see what happens next year. I mean, who's to say that they're going to come out here and be a Super Bowl winning team just because they got Aaron Rodgers? The guy won one Super Bowl in his life. And now we're saying he's going to go to the Jets and all of a sudden he's going to find the fountain of youth and he's going to win multiple rings. Like, shut up, Aaron. Play quarterback and just stick to what you're good at. And that's throwing the freaking football. I don't know, man. Uh, When Hackett was his OC, he won back-to-back MVPs. Last year, you know, A-Rod didn't really have that many offensive weapons. You know, a lot of injuries on the O-line. Bakhtiari, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Um, You have Christian Watson, a rookie wide receiver, is your wide receiver one. An old Randall Cobb. That's about it. You know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon out of the backfield. A lot of defensive injuries. I think Hackett falls into the category of He's a great offensive coordinator, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a good head coach, just like Josh McDaniels. Great OC, shouldn't probably never be a head coach because there's just too much responsibility for them or it just doesn't work out because they don't know how to build that winning culture or you know they don't know how to delegate properly to their coaching staff, you know. So I think Aaron Rodgers in New York with Nathaniel Hackett as the OC will be better than Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett as a head coach and quarterback combo. But what I will agree with you on you with with Hackett as the Denver's head coach, you could pretty much guarantee a win any time of the year last year if you played the Denver Broncos. It was embarrassing to watch. It was hard football to watch. They're one of the reasons why uh, you can flex Thursday night games this year 
is because Denver had all the primetime games and it was miserable to watch, especially the Colts Broncos game last year where no one scored a touchdown. It was brutal. So hopefully the Broncos are better on better on offense this year. They can get plays in and they can put winning football on the field. And maybe the Jets did win the offseason. Maybe they make a playoff push in the AFC East and fight for, you know, that division champion that has been the Buffalo Bills as of recent years and the New England Patriots. Um, I think I can't wait for all these stories to unfold, guys. It's going to be so juicy. It's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. But let me ask you guys this question. Why is it such a crime in the NFL for a head coach to come out and just speak the truth? Like, uh, it's just, a, it's just someone with Sean. It's a, yeah, it's a code, but like, know, and you have the code. resume that Sean Payton has. I mean, like, he's only won one Super Bowl, just like Aaron. I guess only won one Super Bowl. I know. Yeah, what else has he done? He's I get it, but, but he is out. a great football coach. He's wasted Drew Brees' you know, the second best quarterback of all time career and couldn't get him over the hump and build a team around him. Like it's just ridiculous. Like I feel like Sean Payton is like kind of like Justin Herbert, you know. All the excuses in the world. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're a great offensive coordinator. You've won it one time. You're good. Hey, buddy. You you had a bad offensive coordinator in, uh, in L.A. your whole career. We got you, we got you a new one coming out of Dallas when they had good offenses. Oh, it's okay. You at least made it to the playoffs. It doesn't matter that you choked a playoff game 27-0 and lost because it's Jags by a mile. You know what I mean? So Herbert built in excuses. Sean Payton overrated as a head coach in my opinion. I he's a, He seems like a cool guy. I watched his – Kevin James movie. It's actually an enjoyable movie. But uh, what 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 has Sean Payton done? He's he was a constant, you know, letdown in the playoffs, year in and year out, and that's it. And Pat McAfee got to watch Drew Brees hold his stupid baby up in the confetti. That's all Sean Payton. <laughs> well, Sean Payton also secured a $40, $50 million contract for being a great football coach. I think he's going to turn well, around the Broncos. He got a $100 million deal, dog. Yeah, Remember well, he's going to get blackballed because of uh, homeboy. I, I yeah. say Zack Snyder, but I know it's not Zack Snyder. Uh, Damn. John Snyder, right? Is that right? Whatever. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Dan Snyder. I should know this as a football fan. The, the Redskins decide to, you know, use John Gruden as a sacrificial lamb and get him blackballed out of the NFL. Commanders. So, yeah. Redskins, Which, Commanders, football team. They're going to have a new name next year. Who cares? All right. Yeah. I just, I welcome Aaron Rodgers week five to the Mile High City. I'm excited about that. Wait to see him come here. And, you know, Listen. I can't wait for the Denver Broncos to catch an L on week one, dude. Jimmy G, Hemi, Garofalo, let's go. Wow. <laughs> wow, you're throwing haymakers. You're Hemi, throwing haymakers. Jimmy Garoppolo, dude. <laughs> the only thing with, Jimmy Garoppolo With no Josh getting, Jacobs. Uh, yeah. Hey, we still got Devontae Adams. We got a stud rookie tight end and Michael My- Mayer. It's going to be electric. Hunter Renfro has found himself again. It's going to be third in Renfro, but better. We got Jacoby Myers. It's going to be electric. We have one of the top five left tackles in the NFL. This offense is going to be great. You're going to see why Zamir White has been called Zeus in his college days in Georgia. 
and then it's going to be like Josh Jacobs is still in the backfield, bro. Let's go. It's going down. Let's get it. Austin Hooper to the house. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Max Crosby, DPOY. It's on. Okay. Week one, Max Crosby, three stack, <laughs> two force fumble. Calling it now. Are you are you drinking something that's just making you a little delusional? I mean, what are you sipping on over there in Iowa? Uh, I'm sipping on life, baby. That oh, oh two. Okay. Well, the life. Sip on corn whiskey because all they have in yeah. Iowa is corn. Hey, well, God, <laughs> my God, you are delusional, my friend. I I wish you Godspeed this year. Uh, oh. We'll see you at the bottom of the AFC West. Hey, uh, you've been keeping it warm for me. You can keep it warm this year, too. Yeah, exactly. We haven't made playoffs in eight years. Listen, uh, I think we have a chance to be a playoff team, but, you know, I think everybody's optimistic team. going into the year. Um, I don't know, man. Part of me thinks Sean Payton did this for a reason. Sometimes you got to get your team in the headlines. Sometimes you got to make a splash. Sometimes you got to say, hey, guys, I ain't messing around. There's a new sheriff in town. What you did last year was a complete joke. It's not going to happen on my watch. So, you know, listen, maybe there's a rhyme and reason for it. Um, who knows what happens in those walls at the Broncos uh, training facility. But if I'm a Broncos player and my head coach is coming out saying last year was the laughing stock and we will not be doing that, it's basically putting everybody in check saying anything you got away with last year, bringing in your own people, having your own private office, all this VIP. I don't give a shit. We're going to win football games on Sunday, Thursdays, and Mondays. And if you don't, then guess what? Come next year, you're not going to be on the team. So let's go. Sometimes, yep. Hey, you guys play Black Friday this year? I don't think you. I don't think Denver does. But, yeah, this is my favorite time uh, of the year. November 26th. Okay. This is my favorite time of the year is um, the optimism for every team's fan base. You know, boys, your Titans are going to win the AFC South. Uh, Ty. You know, your Denver Broncos are winning the AFC West or at least coming in second, like just, you know, 10 and seven in a playoff win. The Raiders are going to make it to the Super Bowl with Hemi. You know, like it's the best time of the year because it's all the hope and yeah, it's what we've been waiting for for months, you know, from end of the Super Bowl to free agency to the draft to late acquisitions to trades in the beginning of the year. You know, it's uh. It's the best time to be a sports fan for football is just because the optimism right now. Everyone's on cloud nine. Jets fans are on cloud 12 because they've never been on cloud this this high before in recent years. You know, Mark Sanchez, uh, Zach Wilson, so many just letdowns, Geno Smith. So I love this time of the year. Everyone gets anxious. The blood gets a boiling a little bit. And it's it's just a good time to be a football fan right now. And I cannot wait for the chiefs lions game to kick it off this season it's gonna be money can't wait Um, quick question for you guys and maybe we can get the people uh once this go live if you guys want to message us at the talk to fame like and follow all of our social media pages but the nfc north this year is a division that i don't know who's gonna win it uh interested to get you guys' thoughts you got the packers the vikings the bears and the lions Right, you got the Bears that got Justin Field second year. He's coming back. Everybody thinks he's going to be an MVP type player. You got the Lions who literally are making a splash. You know, Dan Campbell is creating a hell of an organization over there. 
And you got a boy, Kirk Cousins, Jake. We were talking about that off the quarterback episode of Netflix. The guy just puts in the work to win. Uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder after losing in the first round last year to the Giants. And then you got Jordan Love and the Packers. Yeah. Uh, first time quarterback. So who do you guys think wins that division? So what Minnesota won it last year, 13 and four. Detroit went on a late win streak, um, pretty much the second half of the season. It went nine and eight. Green Bay, eight and nine. And the Bears at three and fourteen. Um, I still, for me personally, I think it's the Vikings to lose. They're the king of the North right now. They have the one of the top three receivers in the NFL, and Jay Jetta. And as as you mentioned, uh, if you haven't watched the Netflix series Quarterback, you guys should watch it. I'm on like episode four or five. It's awesome. I love it. I hate Patrick Mahomes more. But I respect him as an athlete. I think he's awesome. He's definitely one of one and a freak. But I got so much more respect for Kirk Cousins and the the work ethic he puts into it and what he, you know, quarterbacks go through, honestly, in this league. Kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit. But I think it's the Vikings to lose. For Detroit, they haven't proved it. Uh, they have a couple key pieces that got suspended. Um, uh, a couple er- injuries. Um, and they just got to prove it. Jared Goff has to be that guy for Detroit and Dan Campbell consistently throughout the year. Uh, the Packers, I don't have faith in Jordan Love. I mean, he could shock us and carry on the Green Bay Packer tradition of drafting a quarterback, and the next quarterback you draft is going to be your quarterback for 20 years and win you a Super Bowl and be constant in the playoffs. And for the Bears, Justin Field has a lot of upside. You're still three and fourteen, man. Like you got to, you guys got to show up and show show out. You got to prove it. So for me, it's the Vikings. I could totally see the Packers winning the division next year. You're stoned, boys. Who do you think wins the NFC North? Uh, I was gonna go on a limb and say the Lions. I think the Lions' time is coming, man. Like uh, I saw a report that Dan Campbell wanted to bring a, a real life lion on the sideline, but I guess the NFL. Fell frowns upon that kind of situation. I just, I think Dan Campbell's that guy, and I think he's building that team. And it's uh, been about three years. He's been in three years now. They're just going into his third year. It's about the time he starts making a run and uh, takes control of that division. I think, and uh, I don't think the Vikings are going to repeat the same. I mean, they have great players, but thirteen and was it thirteen and four? They're not going to match yep. that record again. You know, um, I think I think the Lions shock everyone and win that division and. We'll get a home playoff game this year. I I could see the Vikings being the third worst team in the division. They lose Adam Thielen. They lose Dalvin Cook, right? Like they're you, you, then you got an aging Kirk Cousins. Like to your point, boys, I just I would not want to play the Detroit Lions. Like those guys are just different. Like the way he teach coaches yeah. that team, I could see yeah, them absolutely winning the division. And I've also said this. I've been on the mic saying that um, Jordan Love, when he got drafted by the uh, Green Bay Packers, I was the first one to say I think he was the best quarterback in that draft. You're smoking crack. I'm being serious, man. That Mm -hmm. guy is a stud. And I think we're going to see it next year, dude. He sat behind Aaron Rodgers for four years. Um, He's shown flashes when he's been in the game, but he hasn't really played with the starters much. When he did last year, Drove him down the field, touchdown almost every time. The guy is a playmaker and a winner. So, honestly, I think the Packers could surprise people next year. Hey, I'm all about eating crow. Prove me wrong. 
hey, if Jordan loves that guy, yeah, he's that guy. But I got to see it first. But what we're basically um, saying is the NFC North is wide open. Yep, wide open. I, I, I agree with that statement 100%, but I still think it's Minnesota. You have the, like I said, top three wide receiver. Defense is pretty good. I mean, yeah, you lost Alvin Cook, but you still have Alexander Madison. And uh, if it's not a running back game, not who cares? Um, and they just drafted uh, an, that rookie wide receiver, um, Flowers, I think, or somebody else. This is a real great talk show about sports, and I don't know everybody's names. Um, but you know what I mean? So I think it's still Minnesota's, man. I think they're just too good of a team, um, and Kirk's a competitor. With that, we let's let's go through these really quick then. Who wins the NFC South? Uh, if I that one's another one that's Saints. wide open. I would have to say the Saints probably personally because you got uh, Panthers' new quarterback, Buccaneers' hot mess with Mayfield, and Falcons are just a disaster too. So yeah, Saints. Gotcha. Okay, I I agree on the Saints on that one as well. What about the NFC East? Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. Eagles, easy. Boys. Cowboys suck. Eagles. 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 I got I got the Eagles as well. Uh, what about the NFC West? Uh, 49ers. The Seahawks were kind of a one-hit wonder last year with um, uh, Geno Smith. I think they're going to be good, not great. Cardinals, after losing D-Hop, they're going to struggle. I think the Rams are completely in a rebuild now. So, yeah, 49ers win that. I agree. Yeah, uh, I think 49ers win. Uh, the NFC West, I think the Rams finish second, Seahawks third, Cardinals fourth in that division. About the AFC East, Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. This gets interesting, dude. Uh, I think the Jets are going to be extremely overrated. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to be a much better football team. Uh, So are the Dolphins. Um, I could easily see the Dolphins winning this division. I was going to say, I was going to say, as an upset, Dolphins. I think you know the Bills have been at the top for a while now, and and. the team, you know, the other the other teams in that division ready to uh, knock them. The Dolphins could be that team. I think it's still the Bills. They have Josh Allen, still the best quarterback in that in that division, in my opinion. Um, I think the standings oh, almost stay the same. Over I think Aaron Rodgers. Wow, I you are a bold man. I think it's Bills one, Jets two, Dolphins three, Pats four, but it's not going to be a wide margin. <laughs> Of uh, win losses, I think the Bills win it with ten. You are on just some insanity stuff tonight. You got Jets at number two in the division, and yep. you got Josh Allen better than A Rod. Hey, I uh, statistically maybe not, but as a team, yes. Statistically, maybe not. Not yeah. even close. Hey. I just I love the Bills, bro. I think they'll be a great team. And uh, like I said, it's just kind of like last year. You know how all the hype was on the AFC West, how it's going to be the best division in football. All this talent came over to the AFC West, and then it was the same as usual. I think that's going to be kind of the same with the AFC East. But the biggest difference is the Jets not being in last and coming in second and being a wild card team. Um, And the Patriots being fourth in that division for the first time in a long time. Um, what about the AFC North? How do you guys have see that one going? Bengals, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, Bengals. 
Ty? I think I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens, man. I think you're going to get a Lamar Jackson this year that's going to tell the entire world, suck it. I was worth every freaking penny I got. Adding Odell Beckham Jr. helps a lot there. Um, it's going to be close between the Bengals, but uh, I think the only reason I'm picking the Ravens is due to Joe Burrow's injury, and I don't know how he's going to be early on in the season. I agree with that. If that's it fair. was before the calf strain, I would say Cincy. But after Joe Burrow's calf strain and before any preseason games and our way too early predictions, I think I'm going to have to agree with Ty on this one, oddly enough. But I think it's Baltimore. They're always just a good team. And plus, the AFC North is always a, a tough division. It's a hard-nosed football. What about – did we do the AFC South? No. Nope. Nope. Jags, Titans, Colts, Texans. I think it's the Jags. By a mile. By a mile. Yeah. Boys. Yeah, now you know I'm gonna pick the Titans. So, oh, you're such a. I mean, talk about a guy hey, that hey, just is dude, picking resurgence here, man. Uh, hang on, hang on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the Jacksonville is a one-hit wonder. I think they went on a hot streak last year. Titans took a step back last year with the slump, but with the addition of D Hop and having Trey. I mean, the videos from training camp look like Traylon and. Uh, D Hop are going to be studs on the outsides there, and I think Tannehill finds something this year. I know you're you're anti Tannehill, but uh, I think it's a resurgence. <laughs> uh, Tannehill ain't going to fight shit this year. He won't fight anything, and DeAndre Hopkins yeah, will be yeah. on the sideline week three with the torn hamstring. And, and if and if and if and if and Tannehill doesn't perform, Malik Willis will step up because he's been performing very well in camp. Yeah, Titans, baby, uh, by a mile. How about, <laughs> how about the AFC West? Oh, it's fucking great. Oh God, uh, man, yeah, the chart, the Chiefs. This is easy. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. the Chiefs. Um, until someone proves us differently, you have to pick the Chiefs. And, and here's the crazy part about this, guys. Agreed. When you think about the NFC, I think they're. What do you think? The Eagles and the 49ers really are the only Super Bowl teams that you would – is there anybody else in the NFC that you'd be like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the Super Bowl next year outside of those two? No, uh, I, would, I wouldn't I would say you're wrong in that statement. So the pathway to get to the Super Bowl for the NFC, I mean, it's – God, it's pretty effing easy, man. you got to go through – it's – I mean, it's, you got the Vikings. I don't even think they'd be that great. I mean, it's going to be the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers. And, God, who's the fourth best team in that division? Maybe the Lions? Yeah. And then you got the AFC, dude. Well, you got the Jets, Super Bowl contenders. Bills, Dolphins, all Super Bowl contenders. Bengals, Ravens, Super Bowl contenders. The AFC South is the worst division in football. And then you got the West, where you got the Chiefs uh, Super Bowl contenders. And you you have to throw the Chargers into that mix, right? Because on paper, that defense is loaded with talent, and they do have playmakers on offense. So let me ask you guys this then. If the, div- run. if the divisions are this swayed, is that bad for the NFL? I don't think so. I think that's just a product of the AFC just having superior quarterback talent. Because almost yeah. all of the younger, you know, superstar quarterbacks are in the AFC, not in the NFC. Is that because offense wins champions potentially? 
Uh, <laughs> I think it's because defense wins championships, <laughs> but you still need a quarterback. <laughs> um, before this show goes off the rails, I think we're going to call that a show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the Talk to Fame. I'm Jake Ty Boyce. We appreciate you guys tuning in and following this journey that we're taking because we're going to the moon, as always. So make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. You can find the podcast on Spotify, iHeart, Amazon, wherever you listen to yours, you can find us at. And don't forget, we go live every Saturday on our YouTube channel at 830 Mountain Standard, 930 Central Time. Thousand subscriber gets a Joey Bosa jersey. We still have that giveaway going. We're still working on our merch. Um, that's still in the works. You will know when we get that. And you can also call into our show, be a part of it um, on our live stream. So we'll catch you next Saturday with that podcast uploaded on Sunday. And then our new schedule will have a podcast uploaded on Wednesdays. So that's two days of seven days, two days of the week where we upload podcasts. <laughs> you can find them. Have a good night. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>